Hello and welcome back to the Harvard Hoops podcast. This is episode 47. I am your very tired host after a Mavs win, Liam Horsley. Uh, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Ben Jones. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good morning. Slightly less tired than you, I, sh- I should imagine. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> That's fair <laughs> to say, I think. Uh, I can't believe we're getting so close to that 50 episode mark. Yeah, I know. We've got to do a special one. Semi-pro recap, a film we were discussing off-air earlier. It's got to be. It's got to be. Unless anybody out there has got any other suggestions they want to hear us talk about on that one, let us know on Twitter. Three-hour top 50 player pod bonanza, where we just go one through 50. Why? <laughs> Live stream it. Sorted. <laughs> but yeah, how are you feeling? It's been another busy week of basketball. Um, some crazy results again, and, and also some teams kind of rounding out into form. So I think it's been an interesting week. Yeah, it's been a really interesting week. Some uh, interesting results here and there. And in terms of basketball i'm just gonna plug that i've been pod hopping this week um for all you big cav fans out there um zach on across the Cavs podcast he's been doing a, a history going 10 years at a time of the whole Cavs franchise and he very kindly invited me on to do the 2000s and uh yeah it's good fun so give it a little listen yeah i haven't listened yet myself it's uh, in the rotation for monday at work but i'm looking forward to it but Bit of Cavs chat to start the Monday off, why not? Yeah, it's always needed. <laughs> right, cool. In terms of that episode then, we're going to do our normal winners and losers. Uh, and we're going to also do our normal segment where we review the best upcoming games. But in the middle, we've kind of moved off a bit of rookie watch. And we're going to swap it in with three players we're impressed with, three players we're disappointed with. And we've got our list. And we'll spend a bit more time talking about some individual players rather than, than just their teams. Um, but first of all, we just want to start off with a little shout out to everyone in America. Um, we've seen more crazy scenes this week. It's kind of a, a topic that since we started this podcast, Ben, we've had a lot of these in, incidents or a lot of things that are not quite right over there to talk about. Um, and I know we can't really make a difference, but we kind of wanted to share our views that we hope everyone's safe and well. And we respect people like Kyrie and all the players that are doing protesting before games with the national anthem and stuff and just say our our best wishes out to everyone over there and hopefully the situation improves like I know they all want it to really badly. Yeah, it's it's really tough, like you said, for us to, to really make a difference, but at least acknowledging it and talking about it again like we've done previously is is gonna make sort of a an impact. For for those of you in the UK, it's the equivalent of an angry mob storming parliament, I guess, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, number 10 or parliament or Buckingham Palace, something that historical, isn't it? And It's crazy to see when we saw it all on the news, I think on Wednesday, whenever it was, it was just a crazy day. Yeah, I, I was actually there in February last year. Uh, and yeah, looking at it, it's just, it's crazy to think that they've managed to do what they did. Um, so... Yeah, massive shout-outs and respect going to all those guys in, in the NBA that are saying their piece and, and protesting about what's happened. Yeah, definitely. And for anyone who kind of is... I, well, I imagine there's not many people that are unaware of the, the issues, but um, the reason why you watch NBA games and they protest, if you look at what's happened in Washington and seen how many little arrests and little things were done to stop them and compare it to the brutality that black people face in America, I just think that that kind of... Well, open everyone's eyes up a bit, maybe over here where we don't have the same issues to realise that it is more of a problem uh, and that these players are just trying to do whatever they can to, to make even a tiny bit of change in a world that, that they live in. Um, but yeah, sad times, but hopefully it improves. Um, the only other note in the intro we want to talk about was a little bit about the coronavirus as well. 
to another uh, slightly unhappy topic. Um, we've seen kind of cases increase across the league, Ben, a couple of players missing games. KD's got, got to do the contract chase, tracing. Uh, Philadelphia had a load of players out. The Mavs had a load of players out last night. Um, and I guess I just wanted to say that I hope the fans aren't too shocked by this going into winter. The numbers are getting worse everywhere. America's even worse than us, and we know how bad we are uh, yeah. over here. Um, and with the change in presidency as well, you know, their focus isn't quite on the virus as a topic. So I just think that people shouldn't be shocked this happens, and the NBA is probably dealing with it as well as they can, in my opinion. Yeah, that's one thing we've been able to say all along, isn't it? That the NBA has got the interest of the players and its staff at heart before, and that comes before the games. Um, they seem to be doing a really good job of of keeping track of it and isolating those that are affected, but also offering them support. So uh, I think as long as they keep up this like really good record, there's no reason why the NBA season can't continue, really. Um, yeah, you just hope it doesn't run rife and get out of hand again. Yeah, they're definitely being um, extra or overcautious, I guess, with the phrase, with look at the KD incident, he actually had coronavirus I think it was in March last year um, but he's been in contact with someone who's got it and they're not sure still are they and different strands of coronavirus if people that have had it can, even if they can't get it and get symptoms whether they can still pass it on um, but so the league said to him you've still got to isolate even though you've already had it so they're being really really kind of cautious which is the best way to be and I think they'll do everything they can and there's no fans in the stands at the moment which is a good thing so they're not going to have to worry about that element so I just think that Hopefully it'll run its course and we can get through to April and springtime when everything should kind of die down a little bit. Fingers crossed. Fingers are crossed. Definitely. Um, but let's move on to our first topic then, winners and losers. Uh, do this one every week. Why don't you kick us off then with your your first winner? Uh, my first winner, I imagine you've got them on your list as well, but Golden State Warriors. Um, <clears throat> they've really stepped up this week. Uh, Steph's really found his rhythm. He's got rid of his braids and... It seems to have got a shot back. Um, I read a really interesting stat that if uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. hadn't taken any three-pointers this season, they'd be fourth on the three-point percentage record. But instead, they're 13th. They, <laughs> yeah, they're finding ways to win in with a team that really probably shouldn't be winning as many as they have started to this week. Um, really... Really good win over the Clippers as well, coming from 25 back, I think they were at one point. Yeah, it's just the game that was. Yeah, can they keep this consistency now? And can Kelly Oubre find some form to contribute to the team? Because uh, Andrew Wiggins certainly has been um, adding in a few points and rebounds and, and bits and pieces here and there on the defensive end as well. So, um, yeah, Golden State really impressed me this week. Yeah, Wiggins has done well. They're, they're not on my list because I uh, th- thought of four, so I've got three different to you. Um, but yeah, they're definitely in consideration. They've done really well. And my boy Draymond Green, since he's come back, the starting five's PER has improved. Him and Steph's plus minus is crazy high. They're like top four in most defensive metrics with him on the court. So that was kind of a bigger miss than people thought. And Wiggins and Wiseman are kind of contributing nicely, especially Wiggins on the offensive end. Um, but he looks like he's buying in on D as well, which is kind of all you want, really, for someone who gets paid that much money and, and has that sort of athleticism, but maybe doesn't put it all together very often. 
Um, but yeah, my guy, Kelly Oubre, who I was a very big fan of that trade, is uh, not doing too well. <laughs> he had a four for six night from three against the Kings, and I thought, oh, he's turned it around now. Because he is a 34% career uh, three-point shooter, or season last season, sorry. Um, but no, he hasn't put it together. He's still not together at all. They don't even leave him out there now in the, in the fourth quarter. They they go with like Damian Lee or someone else uh, off the bench to finish the game just because they don't want that awful shooting out there. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's going to be an expensive mistake at the moment. Um, my first winner, uh, I'm going to go with the team we spoke about before. I'm going to go with the New York Knicks. Um, they lost the other night to, to take their record back to five and four. Um, but I just want to acknowledge them one more time with the start they've had and the fact they had that huge win against the Pacers where Austin Rivers was kind of trying to look a bit like a Steph Curry hitting step-back threes. Um, I just thought it was funny and it was a fun week as well because he had a bit of an Instagram story about his girlfriend not liking him going to the gym with his friends. <laughs> He's saying like the team want to get extra running but she won't let me go. And then he was doing like another Snapchat story saying, I've snuck out, I'm at the gym. And you can see him, he's in the Knicks training facility. And then the, <laughs> night, the night after, they won against the Pacers. And he scored like, I think it was 13 or 15 points straight in the fourth quarter. Um, so I just think it's a fun team with a fun story. And they're five and four. And we've said before that um, they could lose a lot of games. We're aware of that. But their win total was 21 or 20.5. 20, 20. And they've already got five wins. Um, and they haven't had the easiest of schedules. They haven't had a hard hard schedule, but they've had a very mid-of-the-road schedule by league standards. So there's still a chance for them to improve that record as, as some of the games get a bit easier. So I just wanted to shout out the Knicks again. Shout out Mr. Austin Rivers for his antics on Instagram. I found it very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a more enjoyable team to watch this year as well. Um, unfortunately, they've had that injury to Alec Burke. I think it... Yeah, he was shooting well from three before that as well. Yeah, is that him for the season? I think it might be, might not it? I can't remember what the exact injury was. Um, but that's a shame because he was playing super, super well, especially if you look at his box score across a couple of, the last couple of games. He's doing absolutely everything. So it be yeah. interesting to see who they use to fill that void. I like um, Emmanuel Quickly, their, their rookie point guard. Um, I think him and RJ Barrett are kind of two of the players that, doing well under Tibbs in terms of the youngster players. A lot a lot of the vets are playing good minutes still. Um, but the fact they're winning, so the fans are happy regardless. But Barrett and Quickly are definitely two two youngsters that are thriving under Thibodeau at the moment. So, something to look forward to as a, as a Knicks fan. Um, so, what is your, your next winner? Uh, my next winner is... Hold on, phone's been slow. <laughs> um... I've got the Orlando Magic. Um, I think they need some love here. They are doing extremely well this season. Um, were winners last night, were they? Yeah, go on, the boys. Yeah, well, that aside. Um, <laughs> they keep getting, again, a, another team sort of struck with injuries here and there. They've had um, Markel Fox now go out for the season. But yeah, that was sad. Very sad to see that, wasn't it? Because he was playing so, so well as well. Um, but they're six and four this season so far. Um, a team that I, if you listen back to our predictions, I didn't imagine much from them this year. But they seem to always find ways to win games. Um, Vucevic is just insane. He's so underrated. I think as a big man, he he is a he's a decent shooter. He's always getting those double doubles. Um, he always tries to get his team involved. Aaron Gordon's hit and miss. Uh, but the rest of the team seem to be really, really stepping up. So, 
Orlando Magic I've got in there for my winner this week. Yeah, it's been a very sort of typical ma- um, typical Magic start to the season, really. Overachieving expectations. Um, but then also a bit of bad injury. Like They seem to get that every year. It was Jonathan Isaac, wasn't it? Uh, yes. At the start of last year. But I think he tore his ACL as well. So that's two youngsters that they've re-signed now. Fultz has been re-signed and uh, Jonathan Isaac to four or five-year contracts. Uh, and it just sucks to see see them go down for the team and for the fans, really. But they've overperformed most most expectations. They've actually had a hard schedule overall, and they've won some really tough games against some some good teams. So, yeah, shout out to them. Uh, they're a team I think that are just gonna. There's just no way they won't be in the top ten of the East uh, at a minimum, um, which gets you a chance at playoffs again. Which I think could be four or five years in a row they've had a chance at playoffs coming in the last few weeks of the season. So. Yeah, impressive start by them. Um, my next team leading on well from that is the Dallas Mavericks, who beat the Magic last night, 112-98, through uh, another Luka Doncic triple-double and a bit of Tim Hardaway shooting. Uh, we both listened to the No Dunks pod, and that they had Tim Hardaway as one of the next candidates to, to get a 50-point game. Uh, and there was one point at the start of the third, I was like, oh my God, he actually could get 50 points. <laughs> Yeah, but then they took him out for a breather and then Luca kind of took over a little bit and he ended up on 36. But um, one of the best winning streaks in the in the NBA now, they're, they're joint second with, with three wins in a row, um, up to fifth in the West, five and four, very close to that sort of three-seed level where me and you saw them competing for at least before the season. Uh, Porzingis travelled with the team and he's scrimmaging now in three-on-threes and five-on-fives uh, with the younger players. So that's uh, that's a positive sign for them. Um, and Luka Doncic is kind of looking like a, an MVP candidate already with his 20, he had a 20 point triple double last night. He's had a 38 point near triple double, one rebound short. He's had a uh, 36 point near triple double, one assist short. Uh, I think he's fourth in the league in scoring. So for me, very impressive, good week. Um, and they've got a real nice run of games coming up now with a lot of Eastern Conference teams, which is kind of where you want to thrive if you're a West team. If you, you've got to go across to the East and win some games to stay ahead with the teams like the Lakers that kind of beat up on all those average teams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm very impressed with the Mavs. They were very good last night. And the, the, the win against Denver in overtime was insane. That was a very special game. So, yeah, they were my second winner. Nice. My final winning team is the Phoenix Suns. Oh, Again, another team that seemed to be ticking along nicely, sort of not making headlines, but they're top of the West at the moment with a 7-3 and three record. Um, Devin Booker has been lights out as per usual. Chris Paul has been contributing quietly, I think, more behind the scenes, I'd say, than actually on court. His numbers like look solid, but not sort of all-star. 13 points, um, eight and a half assists, almost five rebounds as well. But I think the influence he's having behind the scenes and in the locker room is has got to be sort of something you can't really count for. Uh, yeah, I agree. He's, he's probably coaching those young players all the time. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he'd ever let up. Jay Crowder's had a good week for them as well. He's a real good 3 and D guy for them. Um, yeah, really... I think Mikel Bridges scored like 20-odd points last night as well, or the yeah. night before. Yeah, exactly. But... He's had a great week. Yeah, he's got 34 points uh, on, in 35 minutes when they beat the Pacers. So that's a huge performance from a young player, though. When you can get that performance off your fourth or fifth best player, you're kind of you're kind of doing well, aren't you? As a team like the Suns. Yeah, uh, and uh, I 
can't see this completely falling off the edge of the cliff either. I feel like they're going to carry this through for a bit longer. So hats off to the Phoenix Suns. Can you see them? At the moment, it's very early, but do you see them being higher in the West than you thought? Um, Like a top four seed in the West? Or do you think that they'll round out a little bit and finish six, seven, eight, nine, where where we kind of thought they would? Yeah, I still think they'll finish sort of five to eight, somewhere in that bracket. Um, but so If you'd have asked a fan before the season if they'd take that, they would have said yes. <laughs> 100%, definitely. Playoff basketball is playoff basketball, isn't it? No matter what position you get. Yeah, correct. Especially for a team like that, uh, that struggled and kind of built this amazing young core up over a long period of time. Uh, yeah. I'm sure their fans are absolutely buzzing. Um, cool. Well, my last winner then is the Boston Celtics. They lead the NBA with the, the longest winning streak. Uh, I believe it's four-game winning streak at the moment. They're ravaged with injuries, and they played tonight, I believe. We're recording this on Sunday. They played tonight, uh, and I'm not sure that winning streak will continue with the amount of COVID and sort of injury scares they've got at the moment. But they played really well again. Jalen Brown looks like a machine. Peyton Pritchard off the bench uh, even hit a game winner this week, which is crazy to see for a rookie. Yeah, uh, and they just they just really impressed me. And they started a little bit slow, but like we said before on every podcast, it's so early that this can change very dramatically, and it has. They've gone from the ninth seed to the second seed in a four in a four day window or five day window with with those four wins, um, and they just look good for me. They're tied with the seventy sixers for the first seed. You had them as the first seed. I had them as the second seed, and for me, that looks spot on right now. Uh, and Brown's just impressed me even more than I thought. Tatum's not been the level necessarily for an MVP candidacy that I thought he might be, um, just with how good the Celtics will be. But Jalen Brown looks really good, and Marcus Smart, as always, looks really good. And I believe, similar to Porzingis, that Kemba Walker is scrimmaging again now and can kind of come back and add another option to their team. So, yeah, a good week for the Celtics, I would say. Yeah, things are starting to look up, aren't they? And I'm with you on that. I thought Tatum was going to be above and beyond sort of the most obvious leader on that team and MVP candidate. But Jalen Brown's really been holding his own this season. They are a dangerous duo. He is a very underrated defender. I think he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Maybe not necessarily this year, um, but in the future. The issue with that award is it seems to always go to a big. But if you look at the final four or five, it wouldn't shock me if Jalen Brown is on that list come the end of the year because defensively he looks a monster at the moment. Um, yeah. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll trade him for James Harden. The James Harden trade. I don't. I don't think they'll do that trade at all, personally. But we shall see. He hasn't been traded yet. We've done a lot of pods where we talk about James Harden, and nothing's happened. So yeah, that's very typical. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about right, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to some losers then. I'll kick us off on this one. Uh, I'll start with the Hawks, a team that has been on our winners list previously. They've lost four out of five games now, and they've kind of come back down to earth after a very good start. Um, and they're not looking like a top four contender in the East at the moment. A lot can change, but their defence is awful. Uh, the coach as well, there's a lot of rumours about the coach, Lloyd Pierce, their scheme's not very good. Uh, and John Collins and Trey Young apparently had a bit of spat in a kind of film review uh, after a loss. Uh, John Collins wasn't happy with Trey Young and the kind of style he's playing at the moment. So there's a lot of things going on at the moment with the Hawks. Not a lot of them are good. And even though they've probably had their best start to a season in years, uh, I think they're underperforming and, and they, they don't look as good as I thought they would. So, yeah, the Hawks were my first loser of the week. I can't believe when I watched their highlights and looked through how little 
they utilize some of the weapons they've got. Like Bogdan Bogdanovic has done hardly anything since moving to the Hawks. Whereas, you know, before this season, he had teams fighting for him and, and what he can do. And it's just not showing at the moment. And for me, it's not because he's less talented. It, it has to be something to do with, like you said, the coaching system. And perhaps it's not working for everybody involved. Maybe they have too many players trying to contribute. I don't know what the full answer is. But they do need to find a way for them to, to balance this roster and, and work better together. Yeah, get more people involved. Um, but I listened to the Ringer NBA show and Chris Vernon was saying, it's hard to it's hard to kind of put numbers on this, but when you're a team that's lost so much and you're a player that's had the ball in his hand and dominated every game forever, including college, like Trey Young, um, it's hard to get out of those habits. And it looks like Lloyd Pierce's coaching and his habits together are kind of leading to an offence that maybe doesn't get everybody involved in enough. Um, yeah. I think you're right. Bogdanovich and Gallinari are two prime examples of that. John Collins kind of does benefit on some lob plays and stuff, but even he was unhappy with, with that performance in that one game. Uh, and they even lost to the Hornets, don't it was last night or the night before, that takes them down to four losses in a row, and they've got four and five records. They're under 500 now. They're out of the top 10, even though at this early stage. But, but yeah, not good. Not good for the Hawks. You're um, starting to find this more recently, I think. There's a lot of score first point cards out there that kind of need another point guard running alongside them to then get the others involved when they're not handling the ball or when they need a break from trying to score and stuff like that, which is, I think, why they signed Rondo, to have that defensive aspect and to have somebody else to share the ball. But obviously, he's been injured and not playing. Yeah, and they're not, they're not seeming to trust Bogdanovich to do that either as well. No. Strange part, like you said, so... Yeah, there's a lot to be worked out there. It would not shock me if a week or two there was a coaching change. And I know that sounds shocking, but if stories like this keep coming out about the coach and about players being happy, they'll have to change something. They're not going to trade any of the players. So, um, Cool. Who's your first loser of the week? Um, my first loser of the week is... The Washington Wizards, they're still on this losing streak. I've got to talk about them as much as I don't really want to. They're bottom, aren't they? The East. Yeah, bottom of the East with a 2-8 and eight record. They've gone 1-3 and three this week. Um, it's just not looking great. And I, again, I'm not entirely sure what the answer to their problems is. It's crunch, well, it's crunch time, isn't it? It's fourth quarter minutes. It's... Lots of Russell ends of Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lack of defense in the fourth and and taking terrible shots. It's because it's not Beal. You look at what he's doing for that team. Still, it's. I feel so sorry for him. He is an incredible player, absolutely phenomenal, and just being let down year in year out has got really great on him. Yeah, I think it's like a Carl Anthony Town situation. Where it's just like. Losing after losing, it must get tough. But I think they only lost to the Heat by four or five. Yeah, four points it was. And that was without Beal and Westbrook. So the team just doesn't almost make any sense. Like, the two stars aren't there. Yes, they still lost. But they put in a real well-spirited performance. But still not enough. Um, and they gave away 128 points again. So I guess that's the, the catalyst to that. <laughs> yeah, that's the catalyst to that. But if you haven't got two all-stars and you concede 128 points, very unlikely you're going to score 130 points to win. But they gave it a go. But uh, with a player called Garrison Matthews scoring 22 points, which 
I have no idea who that is. So fair play for Mr. Garrison. Yeah. But yeah, they are looking bad. Um, I don't really know how to fix it either, whether it's just time or not. But I don't know how well time will even improve them on the defensive end, at least. I think this could be them for the whole year being this bad. Yeah, you could be right. It's, it's, at least defensively, anyway, I think they could be this bad all year. Yeah, it's difficult to see them getting out of that defensive hole at the moment. Yeah, and I think that we all could be asking for a trade if they're still bottom of the East in six weeks' time. And yes. That, you that wouldn't them either. No, you couldn't. No, that wouldn't shock me. Uh, cool, let's go on to my second loser then. Uh, another Eastern Conference powerhouse. <laughs> the Detroit Pistons. Um, they beat the Suns, which, which after I wrote these notes, which I, I kind of thought, should I take them out of the losers of the week because they've beaten the Suns? Um, but then I thought, no. They still have an awful start. Every time I watch their games, it's just painful to watch. They're two and seven, is it? Or are they two and eight? Let me check. They're definitely uh, second, second bottom in the East. Two and seven. Yeah, two and seven. Um, Blake Griffin, who was looking good in preseason, is not looking good at the moment, which is really sad to see, actually. It looks like he might be done, to be honest. Um, it, it looks like it could end up being a Carmelo sort of quick decline where, where he went from like a 30-point-a-night or 25-point-a-night score, even in a bad team, but looking quite good. Uh, and then the injuries have just caught up with him now and he looks very slow on defence and, and not quite the same player, unfortunately. Um, and Killian Hayes, I believe, is out for the season, which is a shame, the, the point guard, the rookie point guard. Yeah. Um, they don't look good for me. And we, we kind of had them as second-worst record in the East, behind uh, ahead of the Knicks, sorry, who's only like they're going to finish down there. But I still think the Pistons are going to be in that range of either 14th or 15th in the East, which is great for draft stock, which is kind of where they want to be. They actually want to lose. It's, it's not bad for them to lose long-term, but you still can't not put them on the losers of the week with the way they're playing. It's impossible for me. So, yeah, not good. And I think this is where they're going to finish come the end of the year, personally. So. That's my I think thoughts on the Pistons. As well, things would be even worse for them this season if crowds were allowed in because they had one of the second poorest attendance in the league last season, as it is. Yeah. Um, and with Rose and Griffin not playing well, an injured rookie point guard that was going to do things for them, it, it, it doesn't look any better this season as it did to last season. But like I said, that. All the Piston fans out there have got to think long-term with this. You know, I, I hate to quote another team, but trust the process. And um... Yeah, Cade Cunningham will be the first pick in the draft, and he's very good. Uh, and there's another team on my list that will also be <laughs> having a chance to pick him if they carry on. I think the Pistons, um, they need to think that. But as a fan, you know this as, as a Cavs fan, and I've spent a lot of time watching Carmelo playing for the Knicks. Even though the long-term goal is in your head, it's still hard to watch every night when it gets to that point and you're, you're like eight losses out of nine and playing awful on defence, not scoring any free... You know, that sort of feeling when you're watching a game and you've stayed up. Or even if you're in America and you've not stayed up, I think that it's hard to kind of think long-term when you're watching the games live. Um, but yeah, shout-out to any Pistons fans. Have a drink. Think about long-term. Watch Cade Cunningham highlights on YouTube. And try not to think about Blake Griffin too much. That's been my <laughs> advice. Um, who's your next team on your losers list? Um, I've got a feeling we've got one that's going to be the same. So I'm going to go with this one because I don't think you've got it. The Toronto Raptors. Yeah, it's not on my list, but they are losers. <laughs> uh, one and two this week. Two and six overall. 
they've just not found their stride yet. We know they've got a good coach and they've got some good players on that roster, but they're not pulling it together at all. They seem to be having odd players do really, really well and the rest of the team not there to support them. So, like, Van Vliet had a 30-point night and um, uh, Pascal Siakam's had a really good showing in one performance, and it's, but it's not consistent and it's it's just not doing anything for them whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> they're allowing 113 points for, per game and giving 111. So <laughs> it, obviously the maths dictate it's not working out. <laughs> no, but yeah, they're, they're, they're one of the bigger disappointments overall, even though they're not as bad as some of the teams we spoke about as a team. But they're a lot lower, aren't they, than kind of, maybe everyone's expectations, but definitely our expectations. We had them not being a top four team in the East, but they are pretty much nailed on, I think, into our sort of sixth seed sort of area. Um, and yes, there's loads of time left, but then looking a lot worse than I thought. Um, and there's not clear signs of a turnaround either, is there? That's the, the thing. That's uh, I won't talk talk about any players individually because I've got a segment next where I'm going to talk about one of them, but... I just think they're missing out on on both ends of the floor at the moment. And Nick Nurse, who we both love, needs to needs to do some of his magic to, to turn it around. Um, yeah, he really needs to sort it out. It's yeah. I trust him. I trust him to do so. But sorting it out could easily be a eighth seed in the East with a five hundred record, which is under expectation for a team like that for me. Especially when they've just kind of re-signed their stars for a lot of money. Um, yeah, I, I think if they carry on like this they need to then maybe have a look at the roster and, and clear house a little bit maybe get a little bit of cap room for next off season to see who they can get in um, and if they do that by trading away sort of Kyle Lowry and whoever else that teams might be interested in could be the way forward at the moment Yeah well they're heavy linked in, in bookie sense um, gambling wise for the James Harden trade uh, and that wouldn't shock me. They'd done it before with Kawhi Leonard, who they knew would only be there for probably one year. Harden would only be there for two years, but it wouldn't shock me if they tried to pair Harden with Siakam. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, so the last team on my losers list then sounds like someone you've got. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Is that the same as yours? Correct. We'll spend a bit of time talking about T-Wolves then. Uh, overall, I started off with similar to the Wizards. The defensive numbers are awful. Um and Joe Holbert, who's come on this podcast a few times, uh, he's a Timberwolves fan, and he was talking about on Twitter how it wouldn't shock him that in a few games, if the coach was fired, um, yeah. with the way they're running offense, they're letting kind of a player in Anthony Edwards, who started off well, we spoke about him last week, take random shots out of rhythm that aren't in good sets at all, that are just putting up prayers in the offense, uh, kind of teaching bad habits, and it seems like the whole offensive scheme is teaching bad habits. I know Cats missed a lot of time, but I think they've got a two and six record. Um, so they're right down there in terms of the Western Conference. They yeah, they're are... four this week. Yeah, they've lost seven in a row. <laughs> uh, so that they must have started two and zero. They've lost seven in a row, bottom of the West. I know Cats missed time, but they just don't look right for me. The offensive scheme strains. Anthony Edwards and Ricky Rubio coming off the bench at times rather than starting. Like, why are you not starting Ricky Rubio? Yeah, um, seems a strange one to me. I know it's not all about starting games, but clearly something's not working in the rotation if you're losing seven games in a row. Um, so yeah, I'd be worried. What What are your thoughts on the Timberwolves and where their issues lie, and, and can they turn this around? 
yeah, it, it's frustrating for them that Cat's missing more time. He does always seem to be injured every season. But it's happening across the league, whether it's injuries or illness. Key players are having time off. And teams are finding ways to win. Uh, the Timberwolves need to do the same. When we were talking about the Hawks earlier and I said about teams have got score point score first point guards and they need a, a, a sort of distributor alongside them. That's why they got in Ricky Rubio. D'Angelo Russell isn't a pass first point guard. He's a scorer. So they brought in Ricky Rubio to distribute the ball and get other players involved. And if you're not playing him, how's that going to happen? You're not going to get the rest of your team involved. And we knew the Timberwolves weren't going to be good defensively going into this season. So they need to be good offensively. And they're not even doing that at the moment. Their opponents are scoring, on average, 12 more points than them every single game. It's a lot, isn't it? It's bad. That's really bad statistic-wise. It's really bad. It's terrible. And All right, Carl Anthony Towns has only played three games, but you need to step up and find a way to cover that scoring gap. What, yeah, one thing I wanted to, to mention with this team as well, they've got this sort of, um, the trade they did with Golden State for Russell. Uh, it means the, their draft pick for next year is actually with Golden State. Um, but it is protected for picks one to three. So they need to be this bad and finish down there. Hope the lottery ball will fall right for them and they get one, two or three and then they can stay with them and they can add another piece to this kind of very talented team that's not doing a lot. Um, which is strange, really, because they're going to have like four... Because Towns was, what, the first pick in the draft? Yeah. Um, Russell was the second pick in the draft. Anthony Edwards was the first pick. And if this pick falls to them, they'll have another first, second or third pick to kind of put on a starting five. Wow. Um, so there's no excuses, really, at that point. Like, the coach, any coach who's in will have enough talent to at least do something on that roster. They... They gave Beasley that contract that we were kind of sus about. So he's another kind of young prospect they've added to that team. Ricky Rubio, I think, was a three-year deal. So he'll be there in that time. So for me, there'll be no excuses at that point. But my worry for them is, what happens if they are this bad, but Carl Anthony Towns, as we know, is so good. They win a few games. They end up finishing with a fourth or fifth draft pick, and that goes to the Warriors, and they can't even improve their roster because they haven't got any cap space next year. That this would kind of be their team for the next two seasons in that case, and the Warriors would get another top five pick in a year where that's really impressive. And this is a Western Conference rival for you. So yeah, I don't think it looks great. They almost need to keep losing, but their fans probably want to finish tenth at least and get in the play-in tournament. That would probably be my thoughts. Having two All-Star potential players in my starting five, I'd want to finish tenth and have at least a chance in playing game. But then you're definitely going to give away that draft pick. So I think they're in a tough position. Yeah, they're in a really tough position. They've, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner here. Um, and They haven't got a second round pick either, by the way, because that goes to the Warriors. <laughs> so, oh, boy. They've, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've really backed themselves into a corner. And just to add fuel to that fire of high picks, Ricky Rubio was the fifth pick in the uh, 2009 draft. So that's a high pick. They love a high pick. It does seem like a coaching change may be imminent, imminent if this continues over the next month or two. You never want to see people lose their job. and I think there is something to be said with consistency in the league, like not swapping your coach every five minutes can kind of develop a roster, but 
sometimes that you have to have the right coach to give the right coach a chance, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think every coach should be giving extra time just because that can sometimes help. I think if the, if the kind of errors are that obvious as someone like Joe watches this team every week, I think there must be something that can be said for that. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. I just think for them, they either need to be the worst team in the league or they need to, to try and get into the 10 or 9 seed because otherwise the Warriors are going to have their 4th or 5th pick and it'll be a disaster. But we'll wait and see. Still a long time to come and hopefully Cat can turn it around for them. I love Cat as a player, so we'll have to see. Uh, cool, let's move on to our next segment then. Three players we're impressed with and three we are disappointed with. Um, I'll kick it off talking about a man close to my heart, Mr. Luka Doncic. Um, he's kind of th- he was second on this list, really, but I have to go with him first after last night's game. I think he's 29 points a game, nearly. Um, nine, uh, sorry, 28 points a game, nine rebounds, eight assists. Like I said earlier, he's had that 38-point near triple-double, 34-point near triple-double. He had two triple-doubles already this season. Uh, I think he did a feat the other day, which kind of seems to be happening every three months for him. But he's one of three players ever, and the list is always like Oscar Robertson, Wilt Chamberlain, or Michael Jordan. And it was something like 35 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, 10 plus assists, and five steals. Um, that's been done like twice ever, and he's done it. Like he seems to be breaking these records all the time. He's not even 22 yet. We just turned 22. Um, kind of getting into shape a little bit after a slow start to the season for him. Uh, and I've just been really impressed with the Donch. So I'm going to go with Luka Doncic doing well. And as Porzingis comes back, his assist will only rock it up because he just finds Porzingis for those open threes that we all know Porzingis loves to shoot. Um, and his assists seem to skyrocket when Porzingis plays. So, yeah, good week for the Doncic. Um, and he's kind of right up there with the MVP vote for me so far. Top four candidate at least. So, yeah, he was my first one. Who's your first person? Uh, I'll piggyback on that. I had Luca down as well. He's been phenomenal this week. He's been playing so, so well. And he's the reason um, the Mavericks are getting the wins at the moment. He's carrying that team, obviously with odd contributions here and there from your Tim Hardaways and, and other people. But um, he's been fantastic this week. So, yeah, my, my hat's off to Luka Doncic as well. He is an incredible player, an incredible talent, and is only just going to keep getting better and better and better. I can't wait to see what they do when Paul Zingas gets back, um, whenever that may be, probably the end of January. Yeah, he'd like to think, it looks like it'll be this month, which is good. Um, I was looking at some Paul Zingas stuff the other day, and they kind of use him as like a, a two-guard. He takes like seven to nine shots. Wow. Um, three-point shots a game. Uh, the most in the team by far and they kind of just use him in that way it's like a power forward he almost plays two guard with just the way he shoots and the way he spaces he's very rarely under the basket uh, and I just think that's going to open this this team up even more because when Luca's got even more space to drive I think it'll be harder to, to stop them and last night they won again like I said earlier and they were without three of their five top scorers in Richardson uh, Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith with close contact COVID issues um, yeah, and they still win a game where they score that many points. They're that efficient from offense. A lot of it is because of, obviously, Coach Carlisle, but mainly the man, Luka Doncic. So, yeah. Uh, who is your, your next player on your list? Uh, I've got Steph Curry. Uh, same, the reason, same as me. <laughs> yeah. uh, the reason Golden State have been playing so well is because of this man. He starts this week with that 62-point game. Um, Crazy. It's with on top of that he's got four assists 
just to, you know, help out. Why not? And five rebounds. Um, we'll ignore the five turnovers because 62 points makes up for that. He just, he lost it. He was just scoring anything he put up. And it, if you go back and watch the highlights, he just, you just don't think he's going to miss. He's fantastic. Like, even taking that many, he took 31 shots. And he's still got almost a 0.6 rating. 18 out of 31, 0.581. It's just phenomenal. Eight from 16 and three. It's a 50% shooting from three is at that rate as well. It's phenomenal. So, wow. And then he goes on for a 30-point game the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Is that the second game against the Clippers that you're thinking over the? That was yeah. Sacramento. Uh, uh, yeah. 62 was Portland then 30 against Sacramento and the first game against Clippers a bit quieter uh, in a loss with only 13 points but that final game against Clippers 38 points 11 assists as well again 60% from 3 it's just he's really finally stride again and it's nice to see yeah and he's driving to the basket a lot like I said he was next on my list so uh, 31 points a game at the moment 6 rebounds 5 assists like you said, he had the 62.9 and nearly a 40.9 um, with the 38 points beating the Clippers. Uh, and he's just dominating the ball. He, he's driving to the basket well. He's not just shooting spotted threes. He's like running an offense like he used to do. Um, and people kind of slated him a little bit before the season, worried, oh, can he carry a team? Can he run a team? But yeah, this is what he's done his whole life before KD got there. Like, Clay Thompson is not a dribbler. He doesn't run the offense. Like That's Steph Curry's job. Um, and he's just proven to everyone that he's one of the best players in the league. And as someone who has a bet on Luka Doncic to win MVP and Steph Curry to win MVP, <laughs> this week has been very good. A happy man. Uh, yeah, I'm a happy man, even though there is a player who's not even on my list, actually, who would probably lead the MVP voting. Um, but he might be on your list, so we'll see. Uh, so the last person on my list, then, is Mr. Paul George. Uh, not quite as high on some of the statistical categories as every player we've spoken about. Um, he's below those two players quite considerably in some of them but he's still shooting 25 points a game um, sorry shooting well from three on 25 points per game um, and I've just watched him play against the Warriors a couple of times and I watched their other game um, against the Kings uh, and he's just shooting very well clutch wise uh, he's shooting some big shots in the corners he's not necessarily taking those mid-range twos that kind of Kawhi likes to take he, he's definitely stretched his game out to the three-point line and after a bit of a poor bubble I just think that he looks really really good and against the Warriors he was definitely more locked in on the defensive end than most of the players in the Clips team and I think that he's trying to at least be the leader that me and you have kind of said they need um, so he just impressed me on his on the court presence shooting wise from three uh, and defensively he looks really really good again uh, and they're still not really ramping his minutes up to crazy levels um, so I was just really really impressed with him um, who was your last person on your list yeah, I think that's a great pick in Paul George. I think he's not had the sort of love he deserves this season so far because of the playoffs last year. Um, and not all of that was his fault. So I love that pick of Paul George. Um, but my final pick for this week is Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, not the person he, I thought. Neither of us picked Jokic. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't pick Jokic because, for me, Denver keep losing, even though he's playing well. Yeah. I just... I, I know I'm saying that I'm picking Beal and one of the most losing teams this season. But if you look at Beal's stats this week, first game, 27 points, 
um, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, he's shooting 40% from three. His field goal percentage was low that game, almost sort of 30% to 40% overall. But the game after, he's coming for Steph. 60-point game. Yeah, One steal. That was the night after as well. And the yeah. night after the Steph did it. <laughs> Seven rebounds, five assists. He shot 70% from three. And 50, almost 60% overall. Phenomenal statistics there. And then the night after, or not the night after, but the game after, 41 points. Yeah. Again. He, he's definitely on um, playing well to get a trade sort of levels. <laughs> yes. he He's... A massive shout for an all-star, and you can't he, put him in an MVP conversation because of their winning record. But if he was on a better team, I would throw his name into the hat. If they turn it around and get to to near five hundred, you never know. But yeah, he's he's on he's having thirty-five points a game this season, which is four point four points higher than Steph, who's the next. So, um, yeah, Beal's Beal's playing phenomenally well. I completely agree. Uh, cool, let's move on to some players who are disappointing us then. Uh, we'll maybe go through some, a couple of these a little bit quicker. Uh, I'll start with my first one, someone we've already spoke about, so we can do this one a bit quicker. That's Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, 33.3 field goal percentage, which is down considerably. Uh, the famous 13.3 point field goal percentage, which is down considerably. Uh, his plus minus and his PER are really bad. Uh, and with the luxury tax, I think he's actually costing them, even though he's only getting paid 12 or 16 million, I can't remember the number, but he's costing the Warriors basically nearly 100 million in luxury tax and salary. I think it's 80 something million total. Um, and yeah, he's he, he's not playing well at all. Uh, I hope he gets out of it. I like him as a player and I think he's better than this, but I could not put, I could not not put him on the list because the numbers are awful. Um, especially when you play with Steph, you get a lot of open three pointers. Yeah, uh, and Draymond Green actually. When you play with both of those guys, in terms of how they run an offense, they're very good passers. Uh, and Kerr runs a good scheme, and you're missing open three pointers as well in the corner, which he is. I just think the numbers are very worrying. So he was first on my list. Um, was he on your list? And if not, who is the first person on your list? I did think about putting him on, but he's not made it onto my worst players of the week list. Um, but I am going to talk about a player we've mentioned already. And that, unfortunately, is Blake Griffin. Uh, man. I've been so disappointed on a team where there is no talent. You can step up and do anything you want. And the past two games, well, well, past three games, we've had an inactive and then a nine-point game, which is just flat on a 20% field goal percentage. Following that, a 16-point game, 12 rebounds. It's looking slightly better. I know he's coming off injuries and all sorts, but I just always expect so much more from him. And it's a bit of a disappointment to see him like this and in a situation like this. It can't be easy for him. It can't be easy for the team. But I'm sorry, Blake. You're on my worst of the week. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout. Um Next on my list is someone at the other end of their career to Blake. It is Pascal Siakam. Uh, on the face of it, you think points have gone up. Uh, I think his assists have gone up. And you think, oh, he's obviously doing his bit. But no, he's not doing his bit for me. For me. He's down on field goal percentage, down on three-point field goal percentage, down on PER, down on plus-minus, 
uh, down on true shooting percentage. Uh, and mainly it's the fact that he now should be the person to kind of run this team. Yeah. Um, I don't like to compare them too much with the whole fact that they had very similar upbringings and they're very similar in body shape. But he tries to play like a Giannis. But unfortunately, he's only got one move. He hasn't really got any other moves. Teams are kind of worked that out now. Uh, and they needed him to take that step up with the amount that they're trusting him and making him kind of the star of the franchise. Uh, and for me, he's kind of playing like a third or fourth wheeler, which is what he was the year they won the title. You think that he would have, he made it, he kind of did make a step up last year and you think that would have carried on and he'd be the true leader of the team. But even though he may score the most points on the team, for me, he's still not that sort of caliber player. Uh, and I just think that some of the losing kind of contributes to these close games where they don't have someone who can take them over the edge in the fourth. And if he's just a star, he needs to be doing that. So he may not be as bad as many players have been this particular week, but I was high on him before the season. I've just been a little bit disappointed. Um, and they've had a bad week as a team. So Siakam makes my list. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem to have made any progress this off-season, does he? He seems to have come back and still be exactly how he was last season, which obviously wasn't good enough. No, I agree. He needs to add something. Add something offensively, um, which hopefully he does over time. But yeah, I think someone like a James Harden is needed on that team if they want to be a top contender because they need some sort of more offensive firepower for me. Um, who's yeah. next on your list? Uh, a team from one of your... Uh, a player from one of your losing teams this week. Um, we've, again, spoken about him a little already, but Trey Young is yeah. on my list this week. Although past three games he did have a 31-point game to start with, it was only a plus seven in the in the plus minus. He then follows that up with a seven-point game, seven turnovers. <laughs> That's bad what, for Trey Young. Yeah, 20% from the field, 0% from three. That is <laughs> is not good at all. A minus 15 on the plus minus. You don't want that from your superstar who's taking the most shots on your team to come up with a 20% field goal percentage and only three assists. Not only are you not scoring, you're not dishing out the ball as a point guard. <laughs> what is the point in you being on the court at this point, uh, that point of the game? Especially getting torched on the defensive end every time. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't help. By Charlotte of all teams. Um, and then he followed that up with a slightly better performance making him get a nice big fat zero in the plus minus with 15 points, only four turnovers this game. He's up the assist to 10, but his shooting percentage is still woeful. Not from five for three, or five from 19 overall. What is happening with Trey Young in the past couple of games? It's, don't you know. don't see it. You and John Collins both asking the same question there. It's just John Collins is asking <laughs> it to... To, to Trey's face and it's not going well um, yeah those numbers are just awful that's a really bad week and it's just a clear indicator why they're losing games isn't it not that it's all him but this week they weren't going to win if you just said that was a stat line for those games before the games no one would be betting on a Hawks win would they it's just it's no. just natural when someone touches the ball that much and they are so bad defensively they need to do a lot more on offence which to be honest normally he does uh, he's a player that I'm not as high on as others but most people love Trey Young um, but that is a bad week <laughs> for a star, kind of all-star level player. He'd want to be in the all-star game this year for sure. Definitely. Um, but yeah, not great. Um, cool. Final on my list then. Similar to my last one, really. The numbers-wise, he's not going to be. If you look at every game played this week, he won't be one of the worst players. But 
is kind of the story. So I've gone with D'Angelo Russell from the Timberwolves. Uh, Cat has missed all these games that we've said in this period, this at least this week. Um, Russell kind of hasn't led the team. He's had two 16-point sort of nights, um, which is I'm going to cut it on a team that give up that many points. And the other problem is, defensively, he's one of the worst guards in the league. I think he's third in, in total defence for guards. He's third worst, with Trey Young being the worst. So he's not really helping on either end. Um, his assists have kind of still plateaued in a team where he has got talent around him and that they should improve. His turnovers are up, um, which is not too surprising because he did play for the Warriors last year and they did kind of spread the ball around a little bit more. Um, and he kind of scored first, which is what he is, but his turnovers are up. Um, he's a score-first point guard, like you mentioned before, in a team that needs to kind of get everyone involved. And if you're not getting everyone involved, you have to score. And he's doing that to an OK level, but he's not doing it very efficiently and he's not doing it as often as you'd like to see. Um, so he kind of made my list just because I thought he'd lead the team. I'm, I was super high on him. I wanted the Warriors to keep him. I think he was that good. But I just think his defence is so bad. And his kind of maybe IQ as a point guard is not not rising to level it needs to be. And he's on a team, like you said, they've lost seven in a row. And I think that he'll be one of the reasons for that. So, yeah, D'Angelo Russell was the last person on my list. Nice. The final person on my list is on this list for one reason. And we spoke <laughs> about this before the podcast is. started. And that is Andre Double Double Drummond <laughs> from my Cavs. I mean, this is funny because he's coming off a huge night that you just told me about stats wise. So I didn't, I didn't see this until you told me, but his stat line was crazy. But I know exactly why he's on this list. <laughs> yeah. You, you look at sort of the numbers he's been putting up recently and they're they're brilliant so 19 and 15 22 and 15 last night 26 and 24 unreal numbers on paper but there was one play not last night game before where he standing mid-range loads of players going around him looking for the handoff and he's not giving it he's not giving it he's not giving it waits for <laughs> seven seconds or so, and then tries to drive directly into a player and then try this weird scoop. God knows what he was actually trying and it ends up behind him like with the basket in front of him. And it's one of the worst passages of play I've ever seen. And I just don't know what went through his head. How, how have you managed to do that? <laughs> this is a clip that we'll try and tweet out as well so anyone that hasn't seen it who doesn't watch the Cavs as much as Ben uh, can have a look. But this clip was everywhere on social media. It's just awful. The best bit is, I can't remember who guards him right now. It's someone quite well known. Someone's guarding him. Uh, and what they're doing is, I think ben, after Ben says about the, the dribble handoff kind of not working, there's a total of seven seconds where Drummond is stood there in like a crouched position, just staring at the basket. Um <laughs> And the player who's guarding him is just dropping back half a metre or maybe a bit less every single like second to try and encourage him to take this awful mid-range shot because it wouldn't be a very efficient shot. But he doesn't want to take it. And then he says, right, that's it, drive in. And he flips the ball up and it goes sky high behind him. And I, when I saw it, I had to watch it four or five times because it was just hilarious. It is horrible and at the same time, so, so funny. Yeah. Very funny. We were talking off air and he is going to play in a playoff game at some point in the next year or three. 
and he is going to get 28 points, 28 rebounds, look amazing, but he's going to do about 12 turnovers and they're going to lose the game because that's just Andre Drummond. He's a fantasy machine, but yeah, and he's a content machine as well, actually, but he is awful um, at general basketball things. But it was um, Valentunis guarding him and he's about five foot away. Yeah, he's like edging back, and he's like, "Go on, take the take the mid range." Drummond's like, "Nah, drive in." Oh no, <laughs> should have took the mid range. Yeah, <laughs> should have probably handed off actually, but <laughs> different story. Um, cool. Well, that is our most disappointed and impressed players so far this week. We'll do that kind of segment every couple of weeks, maybe, um, just to keep track of what players are doing well. Uh, and I guess if certain players are appearing on that list all the time, then we'll kind of get a theme of who's going to be in the MVP, who's going to be in the most improved, because. Obviously, these good performances. Um, right now, we're going to end it with our last segment, which is just talk about the best upcoming games. We said last week that we might try and track this, which I've done. So rather than track every single game every week, I, I'm going to track them for the week, but not for the season. So last week, uh, I was three and one, and you were two and two uh, in your prediction. So I'm one nil up. We're going to do it like on a week by week basis. Um, so we've got two games we're going to pick each. Uh, that we're looking forward to the week. We'll pick a winner for all of them, so that'll be four winners in total. Uh, and then I'll track them for the week, and then we'll see if you can tie it up at one and one, or if I'm going to take a take a lead. Uh, if we tie as well, it'll just go down as a draw, like a normal record. So we've, I'd be one, one, and one, for example. Um, why don't you kick us off with your most your first game of the week that you're looking forward to? Uh, my first game of the week that I'm looking forward to is not tonight, but Tuesdays fixture of Lakers versus Rockets um, I've gone for Tuesdays because Anthony Davis is uh, injury concern so I figure they'll probably rest him tonight and Tuesday will be the one where the Lakers go out with a full squad um, Houston avoid is a, injuries is it so. back to back is it like um, a series between the yes. two teams uh, yeah cool um, and I, I figure Houston have always got an injury so they'll probably have some resting tonight and maybe bring them out Tuesday. So I'm, I'm excited for Tuesday's fixture of Lakers-Rockets. Cool. Um, in terms of who's going to win then, do I need to even ask? Is it going to be a Lakers win for you? Yeah, Lakers win. Yeah, that's a, that is a good game for me because I think that um, any game of LeBron and James Hardening could just erupt, couldn't it, to a scoring fest. So that's a fun one. Um, I'll copy you and I will say the Lakers as well. But also whilst I'm here, Mr. James Harden, can you please score more than 20 points? I had three bets on. I never really bet <laughs> NBA nightly games because I think there's too much kind of... I'm an NFL better, really, but I thought I'd bet uh, I'd bet on this three boosts I bet on, right? All three bets would have won for a total of £200 off 28 quid, so not a lot of money. But unfortunately, James Harden had to score 20 in one bet and 25 in the other two bets, and he scored 15, even though the Rockets scored 143 points. So... James Harden was already on my hate list, and he's 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 climbed up to another he's level. He's climbing. He's somehow he, climbing. He is climbing. Um, cool. So my first game that I'm going to talk about is a game tonight. Actually, no, I'm not. Scrap that. Celtics. I've realised. Yeah, they're not missing. They've got their starters out, so we'll move that. Uh, I'll go for a Tuesday night game as well. I'm going with the Pacers versus the Warriors. Uh, the Pacers have kind of team we don't talk about enough. Probably, they look really really good this season. Um, Victor Oladipo is their third best player now with Sabonis and Brogdon uh, and that is saying a lot those two players are playing so well and if he's your third best player I think as a team you're doing something right so I haven't watched enough of their games so I'm looking forward to watching that one in full 
Uh, and the other side is obviously the Warriors. So I, everyone knows I'm overly high on the Warriors. Me and Ben both love Steph, to be fair. I love Draymond, so it's a perfect game for me. Uh, in terms of who's going to win, I will go with Steph and the Warriors again, even though the Pacers are probably the best team. But I'll go with the Warriors. What about you? Nice. Uh, or it's a very tricky one. I'd, I'm, I'm going to go opposite to you. Let's make this interesting. Cool. Cool. Who's your second game? Uh, my second game, I was torn between a couple of games here. Um, but I'm going to go with a game next Saturday to change the days up. I wonder if you might have this one as well, actually. But Mavs versus the Bucks. Um, I think this is going to be a really big fixture. It, it's two teams sort of lobbying for really working their way up their standings. Um, you've got a great player in Luka Doncic, who's been on form. You've got um, on uh, Giannis, who's been out injured last night with back spasms, but hopefully, I think we'll be back for this one. Um, and I think it just it just makes for an offensive sort of masterclass from both sides. Yeah, I agree. I think this is an offensive game. Uh, this was one of my options. I got I had four written down, so we had two different ones. Um, but yeah, this is probably for me the best game of the week, arguably. Um, if Giannis is back fit and healthy, um, and the, the, it wouldn't shock me if we even saw Porzingis. He's got another five days to scrimmage. Um, he could play ten or fifteen minutes off the bench uh, to kind of get his legs under him. I don't think they'll rush him back in and play him loads of minutes if they do. Um, but yeah, exciting game, isn't it? Mavs fan as well. That's one I look forward to because I think. I always like to see Luca versus Giannis because they're the two futures of the NBA for me. Uh, I will go with a Mavs win, no surprise. And I think you'll probably go with the Bucks. Correct. <laughs> uh, cool. So I'll find a different game. Uh, I'll go with Friday night, technically Saturday morning, 2 a.m. This is the game after the Mavs, Bucks game. It's the Warriors versus the Suns. Um, as I previously said, I do love watching the Warriors and stuff. So they've made it to my list twice. But also, I haven't really watched a full. I've only watched one full Suns game, um, and they're playing really, really well. So it'd be nice to kind of measure the Warriors up against them. Also, measure the Suns up against the Warriors. I guess to the point in terms of offense. Chris Paul versus Steph Curry is always a fun one. Um, so I think again, I will go with the Warriors. I think. Nice. Um, I don't. Yeah, let's keep it interesting. I'll go opposite to you again on this one. I don't know <laughs> if the Warriors can keep this streak alive. Cool. So that means this week uh, we have four games and we are picked differently on three of them. So someone's going to win the week. <laughs> Actually, no, we could split it now. I said that quite easily. I <laughs> know <laughs> um, oh, we can't. Sorry, odd number. No, we can't. Yeah. So I Lakers-Rockets, we've both gone Lakers. Mavs-Bucks, you've gone Bucks, I've gone Mavs. Pacers Warriors, you've gone Pacers, I've gone Warriors, uh, and Warriors Suns, I've gone Warriors, and you've gone Suns. In the notes, I've written Liam chose Warriors, so maybe I'm technically worried about the week. Uh -oh. That's it, it's, it's in the head. The pressure's getting to me with my 1-0 record, but yeah, it should, should be a good week. Um, I'd like to end this podcast on the nickname I've just found for Andre Drummond. 
on his <laughs> basketball reference account. Go for it. The big penguin. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing like a big penguin that night with that <laughs> the basketball. God. Uh, that is a great place to end it. All we'll ask is to go follow us over at underscore Harvard Hoops. Share the episode, and if anyone can give a forfeit, the meal bank can do for whoever loses this, these predictions for the season. Please tweet us, let us know. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening to us. Thanks again, Ben, for coming on. Uh, we'll speak to you all next week. See you later. <laughs>